Hey, it's Coach Freddie here, inspiring people to do the things that inspire them. And welcome to the iHemp Revolution, where we'll be discussing the benefits of growing and using industrial hemp for people, planet, and profits. Conversations about the history, legalization, farming, harvesting, processing, building, manufacturing, investing, and how industrial hemp can benefit people's lives, heal the planet, and how it can be used to make thousands of products and boost the economy and business. So, are you ready to join the iHemp revolution? My guest today is Robert Davis. Robert Davis has been at the forefront of evolutionary entrepreneurship since 1979. He is an entrepreneur with a passion for natural foods and has created and grown an array of natural food companies and has created many first products, including the first hemp ice cream, Temp, the first hemp cheese, Hemparella, one of the first cotton and hemp clothing companies, Save & Grace. He designed the first self-sufficient prototype production facilities, incorporating solar, wind, and biogas energy systems. Robert holds an, an MA in Planetary Development from Goddard College. So, Robert, welcome to the IHAMP Revolution. Well, thank you, Freddie, and let me thank you on many levels for your uh, uh, energetic and uh, vision to pull together this type of, uh, of information system. It's uh, very well-timed, and uh, again, kudos for your efforts. Uh, we, we certainly need a collaborative force right now in reference to really birthing hemp at, uh, at the appropriate level here in uh, North America and specifically in the U.S., so thank you. Oh, you're welcome, uh, Robert. Can you fill in some of the gaps of your intro? I know you started in 1979, and give us a little bit about your background, how you got started, and why industrial hemp? Well, you know, I, I started, I ended up going to six schools, uh, undergraduate, uh, in, in, I guess, five, and then a couple of graduate schools, ended up at, uh, at Goddard College. Uh, I was at University of Maryland uh, studying uh, urban planning, and they uh, continuously tried to discount the human element in the urban planning process, really crafting planners for the HUD system um, out, of, uh, out of Washington. So I became very interested in different types of planners, uh, particularly Lewis Mumford, and individuals that started to look at holistic systems. So that uh, kind of, uh, again, expanded my, my awareness of uh, really how to look at development and the planet as a whole. And I kind of uh, outgrew the University of Maryland in reference to a thesis. So uh, Goddard College was able to take me, uh, take me in and allow me to finish my thesis, which was on cosmogenesis, uh, anthropogenesis, and spiritual evolution. And it, it gave me the breadth to really look at systems and uh, trends. Uh, and upon completion of uh, that degree at Goddard, um, really the only thing I was, I was fit for was to make tofu. So I started a tofu company called Light Foods. And uh, Light Foods uh, ended up being the basis for uh, my development work uh, for the first tofu hot dog. 
and a number of first-generation soy-based products. And at that time, Freddie, uh, soy was kind of the uh, the leading potential food source to feed people. Uh, you know, hemp was around, but it was still kind of in the uh, in the uh, in the shadows, so to speak. So, understanding about uh, soy was really uh, something that grew uh, as my involvement. Uh, progressed, and I really viewed it as a mana, a way to feed people, because it had only been used for oil, uh, cattle feed, etc., predominantly in North America, and under the tutelage of Bill Shirtliff that wrote most of the books on miso and tofu ma- uh, manufacturing, uh, kudzu, tempeh, etc., but really, really brought soy to the West as a conscionable food product, um, I became more and more interested in feeding people and how could we use a resource that was so abundant and relatively misused uh, as a food source and really redirect that. So I developed the first tofu hot dog as a type of Trojan horse in, uh, in reference to getting tofu into an edible Western format that people could relate to. So we fast forward a few years. And it becomes, uh, you know, more and more uh, apparent to me that soy is really not going to be the answer. And uh, I eventually uh, became very, very aware of the potentials of hemp as a ubiquitous food source, as a food source that could be grown in multiple climates at high levels of efficiency and deliver the nutritional qualities uh, that are so needed in today's climate for nutrition. So I became, uh, I guess, the, the director uh, of R&D for uh, a company called Living Harvest and developed uh, uh, the first hemp ice cream or first really mass-marketed hemp ice cream and uh, was co-developer of the uh, Tempt Milk line. And uh, even before that, I had developed the first hemp cheese called Hemprella, and as you mentioned, had developed uh, a line of naturally dyed hemp clothing that still is uh, at the forefront of design and technology. So um, it's, it's been an interesting road in seeing the expansiveness of potentials on the planet and really starting to understand how important hemp is as a food source for this planet at this point in time. And I became acutely aware that it is truly the mana. It is truly the mana for what we need as a culture to move forward in all the agroeconomic elements on a host of different fronts, but particularly food. So, you know, we've got, we've got uh, hemp and we've got mushrooms right now as far as two concepts which are really evolving as far as healing elements and nutritional elements for the planet. Uh, But uh, hemp is something I was uh, just drawn to in the natural course of my my understanding of planetary evolution. Well, that's very interesting. And uh, you bring out some really great points about industrial hemp. But why has it been such a slow process with industrial hemp? Well, again, it's uh, it's like asking um, uh, the cons- you know the question is why is consciousness 
slow? Uh, why, why do we have wars? Uh, why do we, we uh, uh, look at the world uh, the way we do from all of our different vantage points and so often not meet in a sense of conscionability or in a sense of reasonable, reasonableness to advance the common good? So it's kind of a systemic problem of humankind, but uh, particularly with my experience over the last uh, oh four or five years in starting my own hemp company called The Hemp Food Company, that the triple bottom line has kind of been uh, reversed. Uh, people planet profits uh, was really the traditional modality, but I've run into so many people that had profit first. And I think that's been the keystone developmental blockage in reference to hemp's evolution is that there's been a high greed factor in reference to seeing this promulgated. I tried to start a company and initiate a B corporation and there was so much pushback from having transparency on behalf of quote unquote investors. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of investment out there in the natural foods industry, but there's a natural foods mafia, so to speak, at the hierarchy behind most of these major efforts. You've got different investment groups and brokerage companies, all of which are kind of the, the, uh, the, the godfathers of, of investment, and they control how the markets work. So uh, to get investment outside of that is often challenging because that's where the money resides. And again, it's been driven by not the triple bottom line of people and planet first. It's been driven by profit. And unfortunately, that has slowed the process down. Uh, interesting. And that is my business philosophy also with my uh, lifestyle coaching for entrepreneurs is people, planet, and profit. And I've seen that happen in all kind of industries. And um, the reason I'm focusing on the hemp industry is specifically because it's a perfect fit for helping the people and the planet. And the profits will come if we you focus on that. Yes. No, you're absolutely right. And that, that was my modality going forward after so many years in natural foods and seeing so many uh, deals, so to speak, fall through because of greed, that it became, it became apparent to me that if I'm going to move forward in food, it has to be a conscionable effort. And it's been very challenging to align that particular belief with very many investment groups that are out there. The, mod, the, mo, the model these days, Freddie, is really uh, bringing in venture capital money, bringing a company to 10 to 20 million, and then flipping it and selling it. And uh, that's basically what everybody's interested in, or a lot of people are interested in. And surprisingly, uh, there's been a lot of people that I've talked to in hemp that have had that modality. So it's been very frustrating for me for over four years I had a patent pending process that was never really fulfilled at the patent office, but it creates a dynamic food system, basically using hemp as the first ingredient with brown rice and pea protein to create an exquisite hemp burger, hemp sausage, hemp jerky. And for over four years now, I have, I have been challenged to find the right investment group or an investment group that was willing to view people, planet, profit, 
in that particular sequence. Yes, that is very challenging. I have another question for you here. You may have answered part of this already, but why has there been such a resistance in hemp as a food source? Well, I think you have to look at the history of hemp as being kind of, we've been socialized in this culture. If you look at Jack Harrar's book, uh, The Emperor Wears No Clothes, and the whole history of various companies that have been involved in really trying to block hemp uh, as far as uh, allowing hemp into the commodity matrix and looking at it as rope. You know, so many times you hear people talking about, well, yeah, I've heard about hemp. It, you know, you can make you know rope out of it or you can make something else. And, and there's, there's been a lot of, lot of development work in all of these other elements uh, for looking at plastic alternatives using hemp, obviously construction. I think Henry Ford had a hemp car. So all these, all these understandings are out there. But food uh, has not been embraced. That's why I started the Hemp Food Company. That's what my mission was in being involved with food for over 30 years in alternative food products, usually at the forefront of creating new dynamics with foods. It, it was something that I felt really needed to be done, and I was able to accomplish uh, at least the development of these products, but still the pushback and acceptance uh, of, of hemp as a food, it hasn't been so much, in my opinion, the, the customer base. I think there's a huge customer base that's ready to embrace hemp because of the social, political, and economic rationales for hemp. It's the financial networks, in my opinion, that have been blocking this. A lot of that money has gone into uh, the development of pharmaceutical hemp because of the quick turn on CBDs, which are wonderful, and obviously uh, recreational hemp. So again, kind of follow the money on it, and you can see where the quick turn priorities are. But in the long term, in the long term, as our climate changes, and we really start to understand clearly the advantages of hemp as an agroeconomic sustainable system, that will be our long-term saving grace. We'll be looking at hemp as, as a food source. Yes, we need industrial hemp as a food source. What is the one thing that has you most fired up about industrial hemp? Uh, well, you know, it, the one thing that I guess has me fired up is about the, the multitude of applications of industrial hemp. Then I mentioned earlier, it's a mana. I, I think it's, you know, not to uh, throw, you know, too much religion or spirituality into this, but it is, it, it is a powerful force, I think, in the regeneration and restoration of the planet and so many levels from, again, nutritional elements to housing and development of, of structures with hemp materials, to the whole element of healing with the pharmaceutical elements of hemp. It is such a ubiquitous and such a wide-ranging plant as far as its, its applications that it's undeniable that it, it has a high logic and it's so astounding 
to see people in political situations scratch their head and wonder in some way or at least posture their wonderment about hemp being a viable product. It's beyond absurd that these, these individuals cannot look and read a document that's so clearly stated that shows the benefits of hemp in hundreds of different applications that return economic value to the planet and the individuals involved. So that's what I'm excited about, that this density of consciousness dissipates and that people welcome this understanding into their hearts, into their souls, and into their actions. This is, this is exciting to talk to you about this stuff. How do you see the industrial hemp changing our culture in the near future? And let's say in the next, you know, one to two, one to three years, let's say. Uh, well, I would like to see it evolve. First of all, we've got to start getting every state involved that's a viable state uh, climactically to start growing hemp. That's, that's hands down really the first step. So as states progress, the whole legal process needs to be streamlined and there needs to be an alignment with the national you know, governmental system and the state system so that, so that hemp can just be grown legally. It's the most, again, we reach these absurd points that what are we really talking about here? You know, we're talking about something that is absolutely conscionable and does no harm and creates tremendous benefits. And uh, it's just, you know, it needs to happen. So we really need to look at this as a platform politically, absolutely from day one, for anybody that's going into office that wants to look at, you know, how are they going to get elected, that people are going to be looking at, at their decisions and how they structure their platform to support hemp and industrial hemp as far as an agroeconomic system within their state. Yes, I agree with you. One other question is, what hemp product do you feel will be at the forefront of this revolution that we're going through? Well, again, it's going to, it's going to be market-driven. It's going to be market-driven. And uh, again, I've been uh, pushing for four years now for the development of, uh, of a hemp hamburger. So that's, that's pretty mainstream and certainly a political concept. And my product is just not throwing a few hemp seeds in something and calling it hemp. You have so many... So many companies out there that, you know, if you look at the ingredient legend, you'll see where hemp is on the ingredient list. You know, it's 15th or 6th or wherever it is on the ingredient deck, and they call it a hemp something or other. Yes. Well, that's, that's cute, but it's not really offering the public a nutritional hemp product. All of my products have hemp as the first ingredient. So I think, you know, looking at... What I've done as a template in reference to developing a hemp hamburger, a hemp sausage, uh, will really, I think, champion the cause. I've also done hemp chips uh, with hemp as the first ingredient, not just a couple of sprinkled hemp nuts uh, on a chip and calling it that. So it's, it's really bringing hemp right to the people because it is, it is 
a product and it is a plant for the people right now. Well, again, I, I think it's going to be, again, having access, having access to industrial hemp to really show efficiencies. It's going to be economically driven. And so you've got to be able to show the cost effectiveness of, you know, looking at straw bale houses, looking at making hemp bricks versus concrete and all the other elements in wood, which we know hemp is, well, we know if, if you look at the data, on how efficient hemp is in reference to paper production. All of these things are, are economically recognizable. But the key thing is individuals have to be able to see these things and understand them. And there needs to be test pilot plants set up to really develop these products at the level of efficiency that can make a difference. So I think all of this is going to hinge on economies of scale and efficiencies to really demonstrate the viability of hemp. But the data stream is there to support this move. This is not just going into uh, an unknown. This is going into a calculated system of economic realization and economic necessity right now as we advance as a planetary culture. So this is the day. There is no tomorrow on this. This is the day to take that step. How can people best get involved or support the industrial hemp industry? Well, I think they would have to look locally to see, first of all, who's involved with industrial hemp. Uh, obviously, there's states like Colorado. But as far as, you know, how can an individual get involved? I think it's basically learn as much as you can about industrial hemp. Get, get the book. The Emperor Wears No Clothes by Jack Herrard, for starters, start to understand the dynamics of where hemp has been, where it is now, and where it can go. And I think that educational, self-educational process is huge in the, step, in the step of becoming involved. Well, that's great. Robert, I want to thank you for being a guest on the iHemp Revolution podcast here, and how can people find you? Do you have a website and uh, email? I do. I can be, uh, I can be emailed at uh, sun, S-U-N, at Whidbey, and that's W-H-I, D as in David, B as in boy, E-Y dot com. That's sun, S-U-N, at Whidbey, W-H-I, D as in David, B as in boy, E-Y dot com. And my website is newedgesystems.com, and that's N-E-W-E-D-G-E-S-Y-S-T-E-M-S.com. Uh, that uh, will, will certainly provide a link to those that are interested in, uh, in discussing the topic of uh, the evolution of food and specifically the evolution of, of hemp on the planet. Well, thank you very much, Robert. And... All our listeners, I want to make sure that you subscribe to the iHemp Revolution podcast on iTunes and give us a review. Please tell your friends and help spread the word on Facebook and Twitter and all the social media. This is your host, Coach Freddie, inspiring people to do the things that inspire them. And thanks for joining the iHemp Revolution.